Welcome to Pickle Me This, the officially unofficial podcast for Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Aaron. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we're covering Season 4, Episode 10, Star Mort, Return of the Jerry. Here's Aaron with the recap. In this Season 4 finale episode, we find out that Beth was in fact cloned last season. One version stayed and became a more grounded mom version of herself, while one left Earth and became a cyborg renegade fighter for galactic freedom. It's this latter version has come back to Rick demanding answers. Which is the real Beth? Which is the clone? Does it even matter? What if we have a Schrodinger's Beth type situation and nobody wants to open the box? So, Jim, we've seen the season finale, Star Mort, Return of the Jerry. What did you think? Uh, here's your serialization. You wanted it. You got it. <laughs> uh, actually, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I really enjoyed the episode. I'm torn on how to feel about it because this is at least the second time that they've sort of dodged a question without actually answering it, which is like back in the first episode of season three, they do this with uh, Rick's history with his family, right? They, they have him tell us that he goes through this whole song and dance about, you know, who his family was and how they died and all this stuff. Uh, And then it turns out that that may have been a ruse or it may have been partially true. Who knows? Uh, they have like a, a pattern that's starting to emerge when they have these big questions that the audience wants answers to. They sort of half answer them and half say, we're not going to give you a definitive answer. And that's not the point. Uh, and I'm torn on it. I'm like I'm trying to figure out if I admire that strategy or if I think that's a bit of a cop out. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I guess I uh, took it in a different direction. I thought that this was... Um you know, in terms of like uh, almost mythic storytelling, um, and man, this is like I feel like I've gone way off the deep end for a goddamn space cartoon. <laughs> um, but I think in like terms of like um, losing, like like uh, Paradise Lost, uh, you know, Adam and Eve uh, eating of the f- the fruit of of knowledge, and then you know turning against God and God have to curse them. Like like is it eventually origin stories. Of, of, of fathers and children and whatnot that this is a really interesting like we're asked to say we're asked to look at, at Rick and condemn him for being a shitty father for not even being a, being willing to like make a choice regarding his daughter's happiness mm-hmm. but like there's a really interesting philosophy philosophical uh, angle there of you know um, th- th- like the, the only way to give her free will is to like split this up, make sure that even he doesn't know which one is the real one, which one's not the real one. Uh-huh. Um, if, if that even matters and then set them fr- and then that way he can't possibly prejudge the decision that either of them made. Um, and I guess it all hinges on whether you believe that spinal implant is more of a reconciliation device or an exploding device for the one that regrets the decision um because uh-huh. if it's, if it's a reconciliation where if like space pirate beth decides you know what this was the wrong path i left i'm left empty and hollow i really regret not being a mom she could return to earth and instantly get all of those memories and then both versions of her would absolutely know which one was the more successful happy path hmm. and i i mean 
damn, don't you wish that you had that opportunity? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> a sort of a redo on uh, certain aspects of your life, yeah. Yeah, or like you like you take both roads and, and, and live both lives and then at the end merge them back together and decide. And you've got both, like even if you liked one better, you've got them both. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it's an impossible thing to give your child, but like if you were able to give your child that, it feels like love to me. Or am I fucked up? I don't yeah, know. No, it's tough because Beth is directly asking him not to do that. Right? She's asking him to make the fucking choice because it's not about like, oh, is she going to live a happier life if she's a clone or if she's gone? But what does Rick? What does Rick actually? care about her like that's the big yeah. question does he want her there or does he want her gone and she wants like, a definitive fucking answer and right. he completely dodges the question by cloning her yeah i mean you're right but like i also think if that's if if he's her father that's something he should do like he <laughs> you might like, not even be if wrong your, even just, if your child comes to you in tears and says you know i don't know how to run my life father take my life out of my you tell me what to do and i'll do it uh-huh. like that's a broken person that needs to be built back up. That's not, that's not someone like tapping out and saying like, yeah, I'm yeah. So I I don't know. Like, um, yeah, but when the broken person is that way, because you broke them and, and they're asking you (laughs) to unbreak them by giving them a definitive answer about how they feel about you. I think the correct thing to do there is not to obfuscate and, and just do an end run around the whole question in its entirety. Cause that's just going to prolong the problem. Is it wrong to because like I think that it can be both like this if this is in fact a dodge it's one of the most artful dodges of all time um, yeah uh, because like it's a dot it's a dodge that has a lot of interesting questions and teeth and oh yeah I think. Um, if I'm hearing you right, it's like this show sometimes feels like it's really twirling us around as a dance partner and kind of like getting us breathless and 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 confused. Um, and eventually that routine might wear out. But like. I don't because I, I almost feel like that this show is trying to say some non-conventional things about families and family units and what what makes things, you know, like like push back against some traditional, um, you know, full house type wholesome yeah. bullshit like the, this this um, aspirational familyhood that no one can attain to and every everyone feels bad about falling short of mm-hmm. um, like this is more of kind of like, hey most of us came from families and homes with like trauma and, and people that uh, have regret for the way things have happened. And maybe they're too proud to say it, but what if, what if our families had godlike powers to change that dynamic? Um, Would that be good, bad? Like (laughs) I, and I I think the answer is, I don't know. Um, And it's certainly bad for Rick because it does feel like, um, this is a lot of his misery um, and maybe the family's even as starting to outgrow him. A lot of his misery is, is wrapped into this feeling like he has to be the one in control. Um, yeah. And yeah, the fact that he like pulls that, like it's almost like he goes to fire a weapon at the end and it's empty because he found out at the end that he didn't even make a decision here. So he didn't have control in the first place. And his famous prediction about the only thing this, <laughs> the only thing this film can tell us, this, this mind blower can tell us, is you're a dick, uh-huh. and we already know that. <laughs> and it's like he opens up a present that from the future that says, "Congratulations, you're a dick." I, yeah, yeah. I, I keep I keep talking myself into it more and more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I don't have to be talked uh, to very long before I realize that Rick's a dick. Uh, you know, I, I think everybody's been on that train for a while. It's just 
how much of a dick yeah. and is he ever going to change? And I think those are the exciting things, I guess, about this series because everybody yeah. wants to like Rick, uh-huh. uh, but but you're kind of forced not to by his actions. Yeah, it'll be interesting because like now going forward, if we've got um, I, yeah, well, like what kind of role do you think? space pirate Beth will play in the Smith family. Is she going to essentially morph into like the cool aunt that they never had? That's interesting. I haven't even considered that. Because, uh, I mean, they all just kind of... They're a family unit now without Rick, right? So... I guess. And even Rick's go? still there. It's just that he doesn't have any power over them anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, buying space cigarettes to the to buy off the kid's affection, <laughs> that's, that's totally a space pirate ant move. Oh, yeah. You know, but I guess it also could be a, a, spa- a strange space pirate mom move, too. But I, I, f- I feel like that's interesting to see because, um, you know, one thing we learned this episode is the kids and Beth are still going to Dr. Wong, which we were kind of hoping for last season. Like that seemed like a really healthy development for them. Yeah. And uh, it's like they even brought Jerry like Jerry's on board with those fucking puppets. <laughs> Saves the day with those puppets. <laughs> he sure did. It's fantastic. Yeah. Were you worried when you saw this title, um, Star Mort or Rick Turn of the Jedi, that this is going to be, especially when I, I read the description, you know, it's got that broed out drunken 20 college kid yeah. vibe to it. But like, it seemed like it was going to be all about Jerry. And we've long said that that's the one thing the show might struggle to sustain is like a solo Jerry episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh man, I wonder if they're going for that. But, um, I don't know. Even Jerry got a chance to be cool, even while he was in the depths of his lameness, too. Huh? Yeah, no, it was it was a pretty good episode for Jerry. I mean, you know, it's it's occasionally Jerry comes through uh, in his own idiotic ways. And this is one of those instances. I love the ball, the accidental ball tap while he was uh, uh, Jerry was groping for his invisibility belt. <laughs> just Justin Rowan's vocal performance of getting uh, that slight like like it's it's gone. It, it's uh, you get racked and it's all consuming pain. Yeah, you get the tap and it's almost like pain on a. Uh, it's a weird delay thing. It's a promise of pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like how does the plumbing support that? Like, is there some kind of buffer? in your testicles that's like oh boy there's a lot of pain but it's going to transmit in a single quantum packet it's going to take 10 seconds to assemble like what the fuck it gives you time to prep for it which i appreciate yeah really to to gird your loins for the pain (laughs) i just thought the 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 invisible vocal performance on that was 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 pretty nice and then then the the invisible garbage truck thing at the end I, i really love the stinger uh yeah it's it, okay that's probably the best uh original song in this season of rick and morty <laughs> in my opinion invisible garbage truck jerry it's uh-huh. a new franchise until he runs out of gas <laughs> right. that's, that's exactly what happens groping around find in the air uh-huh yeah because you know i don't it, it's uh it'd be t- hard enough to fill up your own ga- car with gas uh and you know where the gas tank is, but on a dump truck, where's the gas? Where's the gas nozzle, Jim? Do you I, know? I don't know, and I, it's not like I can look at it and see what model truck right. it is and look it up. It's right. Yeah. How, how am I going to do that? Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I don't think they're standardized. I, I bet there's the. I bet yeah. there's all kinds of crazy places. Last time I rented a moving truck, I filled the the gas tank with some kind of complicated assembly that was part of the door frame. Okay. Yeah, like the door frame like flipped out and became a fuel receptacle. Wow. Good luck finding that on your invisible truck. Yeah. That's not going to happen. So, yeah. 
but uh, good. And the the thing about the jokes in this episode is I thought they were really funny. Like not only are they funny on their own uh, on their own right, but they also like effortlessly launched some new thing in the episode. Like uh, you know Rick trying to get out of therapy by disintegration launched the whole invisibility belt B plot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that launched a whole bunch of other things like, you know, Rick or like Morty and Summer going around creeping on people. Um, but uh, like every single one, like even the 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 reveal of there's like the spinal explosive transmitter thing in Beth's neck was also ostensibly this funny bit about like a drug addicted doctor uh, voiced by Dan Harmon, which which I really enjoyed, too. Right. In the very uh, beginning. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So no, it's good. No, I love the. I mean, some of the jokes I just love, like the tiny big man junior belt, is really <laughs> hilarious. Uh, and just you know the the hoodwink he he pulls on Summer, but then the stuff with the Wrangler jeans was just hilarious to me. Like the the, the essentially the exhaust port on this Death Star being the laser if you put jeans in it. Uh-huh. And how the the marketing of the jeans is the most important thing, and it's the flaw. Uh-huh. And like, I don't know that whole everything they were doing with the jeans, and like the the discussion of the jeans, and the inevitable uh, plot turn of the jeans. It's all great. Yeah, no, I they've been doing some interesting things about marketing this this season. Like when they had the yeah. time train about like you know buy the time train, go to timetrain.com, buy it. Not buying the time train is an act of buying it. <laughs> uh, this this idea of like, well, this is this this oh seriously, these cotton jeans are more powerful than his laser can destroy a pl- vaporize a planet, and they're like. Yeah, but it's 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 marketing. It's like, well, that's stupid. It's like, but you're talking about it, <laughs> right? Like, damn it, you're right. It, it, it affected me. I thought that was just really, uh, it's just it's it's hilarious that you'd you'd be able to disable a device like that. And there's also, I think, something about the the Death Star gunner in this case having a complicated history of boys without pants. Yeah, that and, was weird. And like this, this was the one flaw. Like it's like um, there, there's something about uh, like like human hacking or or, or uh, human vulnerabilities that that, that that you know it's like you don't have an external Death Star exhaust, but now you got marketing and uh, people's inborn foibles working against you. Yeah, that's the new thermal exhaust port. I thought that's just something really funny about that. Uh, I really like all of the special abilities that rick shows in this episode Mm. um you know from stuff that i guess we should have always seen coming with the portal gun it can open multiple portals and he can shoot projectiles through that and he can kill everyone uh in in the ships i thought that was really cool uh and then the the heart armor i thought was hilarious you know it's so cool obviously they're just making shit up when they need it and it's fun Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed it uh, and then no, that I, fight with Phoenix person is pretty fucking amazing, both from like an action standpoint and an animation standpoint. Oh, yeah. And they they lampshade it like uh, when he steps in is like, oh, I don't like the looks of this big fight chamber. Uh, yeah. uh, and it's kind of it, it, like I'm know, like calling I, back to the, the shit. And what is the last Jedi or the one before it? Maybe. 
uh-huh. uh, where the, essentially Snoke's entire chamber is bright red. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. It's clearly designed for a physical confrontation. Right. Nobody can um, stay in that room for more than three seconds, but it looks cool during a fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like the like the Bespin carbon freezing chamber is an ocean <laughs> right. nightmare. Like people yep. work to industrial on this, this rickety ass platform <laughs> with sharp edges this. everywhere, no handrails. Come on, get the fuck out of here. Steam sprayed in your face. Yeah. But I thought like when they did that, like, oh, they're calling attention to this like awesome thing. But then it's going to be a lame battle. But it was fucking wild. Plus, like um, Phoenix person seems like he's got some genuine antipathy towards Rick at this point. Like when Rick said, I always wondered who would win in a fight to the death. And bird person's like (laughs) or Phoenix person, I guess, is like, that's because you are always a bad friend. Uh It's just hilarious and true. And just like fucking Akira shit they're doing to each other. Uh I love Rick getting gutted and like taking a drink and the alcohol just kind of spilling into his like <laughs> robo innards. Um, ah, it's so it's it's so good. Uh, and and he and Bet's fight were were was actually pretty good too. Uh, yeah, you know the, the little uh, laser shield he puts up and the the Pokemon esque mm-hmm. battle that they have. Yep. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm trying to figure out like what is Beth's ability to sort of phase through things like there's there's one point where beth has beth kick her in the head to phase out of her restraints and i don't know exactly what they're doing it feels like it's riffing a little bit on the ant-man versus the wasp i think yeah there's like some kind of ghost bug that can phase in and out of of matter and 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 to to do stuff like that and there might there also might be like a brief like time shift into it too i don't know Okay, but uh, it's a really cool like Mech, Mech, Mecha Beth is fucking badass. She's well on her way to being Rick. I also like that. Honestly, this uh, idea that like Beth set out to outdo her father, yeah. um, which is not not super healthy behavior. And she largely has. And this, um, you know, this is like one of the like Rick's going through one of these because uh, he chides Beth on being so idealistic and doing all the Star Wars. shit. He's like, yeah, I grew out of my like hero phase. And then he settles into his kind of anti-hero phase. And it seems like that that's what an anti-hero does until the next logical move of the villain is, oh, well, we understand you're this unstoppable threat. But if we leave you alone, yeah, you won't get off your ass to do anything else because you don't want to be hassled. So that's your weakness. Yeah. And like his eye kind of twitched when he realized that he <laughs> has just been nerfed. He's nerfed himself because he's wrapped himself in this apathetic armor of I don't give a fuck. And then that unleashes the beast. Like now he's like all up in the new and approved Galactic Empire or Federation's business and he's fucking shit up again. Um, and yeah. I thought that was it's it's funny because he's decrying beth for outgrow like needing that grow a moral phase that well so what is it so after an after an anti-hero is pushed back i guess there's a one one two things they can either go like pure just unironically good you mm-hmm. know like han solo going from uh you know shooting first to being the guy who's ready to lay down his life for the galaxy or they go into like full-on villain mode yeah which might be fun to see Rick just experiment with just like pure villainy for a season. Yeah. And now that we have a Mecha Beth, you, you might be able to get away with that and not have it just destroy everyone and everything in this universe. Yeah. I was just thinking like, what would what pure villainous Rick look like? Because I don't like at this point in their development, I don't know that summer and Morty would go along with that. Yeah. But he would figure out a way to twist 
whatever they do want into something that's going to hurt them. <laughs> like, I, mm. I don't know. I mean, I, I think back to the Netflix episode um, mm. where Rick, the links Rick was willing to go to and able to go to to prevent Morty from getting a Netflix contract. Uh, I, he has a way of sort of turning whatever desire you have against you. So, yeah, know. and it's the thing is I, I don't like that, but I'm like, oh, yeah, the thing is, if Rick goes pure evil, then he actually would be evil to his family. And I guess I'm oh, used, yeah. that's the reason that's the kind of defines as antiheroes that he has limits. But like if he goes through a season of not having any, then he can just be like the biggest <laughs> irredeemable bastard. And I guess then the interesting thing would be like, how do you redeem him? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, have like Rick being the main antagonist for a season and Beth is like, you know, the pirate version of her is the ultimate protagonist. That'd be. Yeah, I guess yeah, I guess that'd be interesting. Um, like Rick reconstitutes Bird Person, and Bird Person already hates him, his guts, and they work with that, and they just become this evil alliance. I don't know, that might be fun. Could be. Uh, I don't know why, but I thought it's very funny the concept that if you're in a Death Star, you can use the whole place as a toilet. There's no need to show respect or be civilized. Uh-huh. It's like. If you're like an allied troop and you're liberating like a Nazi death camp, just take a shit in the Nazis beds, man. Who cares? There's no rules. Like, I just really think like there's always these gleaming black metal obsidian things. And, you know, like it would drive him crazy. Right. Just like when you're in the middle of your rebel assault, piss in the corners. Yeah, I fuck I fucking love that. I'm going to be thinking about that in every single movie when someone's storming the evil guy's base. Uh, people should just be pissing in the corners. I bet their pissing regiment doesn't in include any janitors. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's a Death Star, Morty. It, it's a best case scenario gets blown up at the end of this. Worst case scenario, we lose and their janitorial staff is real bummed out after to clean up our piss and shit. <laughs> right. It's it's a it's a win, 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 you know, <laughs> Do you think there's anything in the Rick's premonition of him dying in Venice to a, at the hands of a dwarf in a raincoat? No, but it is funny. Yeah, I just wonder if like sometimes I think and I think it can go either way in the show. Like uh, yeah. Harmon and Royland can be like, oh, you know what? It'd be so funny if we put ourselves in that handcuff to where if Rick dies, he there has it has to be in Venice and it has to involve a, a improbable dwarf in a raincoat. Uh-huh. Uh, but I also like it's such a ridiculous. It's kind of like that train story train episode where they have all this like fucking cool stuff that then just be like, hey, wasn't that cool? It's not canon. It also it's like the the way they treat that shit. It's like it could go either way. Because mm-hmm. I guess it's like just his fucking. Like, why does he think that? Did he have a dream? There was a tarot card reading that went wrong. Did he did he try to make some kind of devs future prediction machine once and and got scared by what he saw? Like where where did that that where did that death primitive those death crystals? He keep a death crystal in his pocket. He's been looking at it in his spare time. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I consider Rick to be very honest with himself. And so it doesn't strike me as like just something he thought about his proclivities and thought about who he is and said, this is probably how I'll die. No, he probably had a machine. Tell yeah. him. Like, I think you're right. Yeah. He, he wrote some prediction algorithm, put it into a robot and yeah, how to predict his death. There's also something interesting I thought I saw in uh, Phoenix person's like summation of the Smith family. He says it fascinates me that an entire family can be this critical and suck this much. Which I interpreted as 
like the, the whole point of being hypercritical would be to like relentlessly self-improve. Like you can imagine like the Borg is a pretty uh, self-critical entity, you know, like if there's an imperfection in it, it seeks to improve it. And it, it like hones itself as razor's edge of perfection and it goes around smashing everything. Right. Yeah. Um, but like bird person is like, so like the only positive thing of being this hypercritical would be to have like some kind of ruthless e- engine of efficiency to call upon. And yet you guys are all hypercritical and entirely dysfunctional and capable of doing anything uh, at any kind of high professional level. Man, uh, I feel that so hard, though. I, I That's my mood 95% <laughs> of the time is just, Jesus, why can't I get my shit together? I know all the things yeah. that I'm doing wrong. Why can't I just do them right? Yeah, it, it, yeah. It doesn't work like that when you're broken. <laughs> why, why can't I just string together some perfect days, man? Right. And I can just keep doing that forever and ever, and I'd just be perfect. Yeah, it's that easy. I know what's it's, wrong, just fix it. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, nah. you're, talk, you're talking my language. <laughs> uh, the the last thing that I really wanted to talk about is the tough act that they left for themselves to follow after um, the autoerotic assimilation episode with Unity, because uh, mm. they're really going for an emotional beat here at the end, and I feel yeah. it. Yeah. But man, I don't feel it as hard as I felt it in that episode. And they just really set a high fucking bar in season two episode three and now here we are almost two full seasons later and i just man how are they ever going to get to that high again that's a good point because one of the things that made that such a fucking bummer of a scene it was number one it's like uh the, the chaos chaos song was a legit banger yeah that's true. um with like an emo a legit emo banger and number two, like Rick was in this like self-destructive drunken phase where he would do things like these, these like wildly self-destructive things to the point where, you know, he was this close to killing himself, except for there's a race between a self-destructive tendency and the alcohol in his brain killing brain cells. And it turns out the latter process won. Yeah. There's a race condition and that one. And he passed out right as his head is going to be evaporated at the end of season four. Like, it's almost like Rick understands that going there is a mistake. So it's not as it's not as showy and like, God damn. Yeah. But it's also possibly just as bleak. Sure. Because here's a man with nothing, not even the gumption to do a sci fi Rube Goldberg device to kill himself Mm -hmm. in Um, every dimension. Yeah. Yeah, and every and like yeah, in every dimension. And I I also wonder if um I don't know cuz like I, I said that this is the you know like uh, my analysis the my super meta analysis of the dodge is like you know Rick thinks he's a he's a terrible father, but like again if you're judging him by a being that tries for the first time in human history to give your offspring a legit like moral choice it is like a, like a, like a modern creation story. So maybe yeah. uh, there's this like warring, like he's like, that's why I go back to this list, the show. I feel like it's trying to say something about like modern families. Um, and maybe it's like, um, because, because to go back to what I was talking about with like the, my, the, my full house thing, like when I was growing up, you had two models of families. You had like full house family matters where like, you know, maybe there's some stars, some light sarcasm, but everybody loved everybody. Everyone, you know, had a moral problem that could be solved within a 25 minute arc. 
and you know everything could be solved by a group hug or a group laugh that got freeze framed at the end Mm -hmm. and then you had married with children and simpsons (laughs) which said that family is actually all about dysfunction and we're joined together by our dysfunction and reinforce our dysfunctions and like rick and morty is like a new type which is like all right we clearly by and large, as Americans, more resemble the Bundys and the Simpsons than we do, you know, the Tanners and the Winslows. Hmm. Um, but maybe we don't have to revel and like support each other and our our craptitude. Maybe we can like like come together and forgive each other and show empathy and try to be better. Yeah. Um, which I think is really cool because you know it's uh. It's like a, it's like it's, it's an evolution of that kind of thing. Like for the first thing is to like to not be represented at all, because like, you know, in the days of Leave it to Beaver, us dysfunctional families uh, just had nothing to go on. But we're we're shitty. Uh, <laughs> and oh, then yeah. you have rep- you didn't have representation, but it's kind of like just like point and laugh. Ha ha. And then you've got like, you know, Rick and Morty, which is trying to bend the curve back to i i don't know there's no that, that, that's the I, I think you're right i think you hit on something um about this show is it you know i don't think we've gotten to its ultimate conclusion yet obviously we've got quite a few more seasons left uh six of them but it does feel like this show throughout its entirety has reinforced the idea that uh yes this family is broken but they're working towards something better like every time we have an honest conversation between Beth and Rick. It comes down to the idea that Beth wants his family to be better. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think Rick wants himself to be better. And and you see that occasionally. And he's disappointed in himself when he's not better. Uh, and he does things to hurt people. Ultimately, this is going to be a long struggle for him. But I think this is kind of a way forward um, for, for families. Or it provides a light at the end of the tunnel, right? It's It's not saying... You know, like the married with children's or whatever, that this family is just irrevocably broken and that we should give in to that. Right. And just be be that um, and be that to whatever family you might go out and start. Uh, be that to the other people in your life. Instead, we can have an, uh, a dialogue, open communication, uh, examine the problems and then try and fix them. And and that's something you don't get in either of those married with children or full house scenarios, right? Because I don't I don't think full house really gives you a whole lot of real problems. It's always mm-hmm. like, oh, DJ went out with the wrong person, and now her boyfriend's a right. little bit jealous. That's that's fine, but it's still fucking minor. It's not at the root of any problems. Whereas this show gets to the root of some of these problems. Yeah. Or they do something like they will have a real problem like DJ does drugs or mm-hmm. uh, fucking um, uh, uh, Urkel gets molested by the auto mechanic next door. Oh, I missed and that like, episode. <laughs> and, but those, you know what I'm saying? Like, but those, yeah, those yeah. episodes, they just like it's it's confined to that one thirty minutes and then it's never spoken about again. Yeah, there's, there's no really, journey portrayed. Yeah, when they go through a real tough problem, there's no acknowledge that that changes, transforms people um, yeah. and like impacts their life. It's just like, oh, it's just something you get together and you accept everyone and you love it. And then you, you, you go back to having the group hug at the end and everything's fine. And it's like you have as- aspirational, delusional families in entertainment. And then you have yeah. these kind of like nihilistic families. And now this is like a realistic one. Like, you know, if you find yourself in a family of fucked up people, don't give up. There's there's hope that yeah. people can learn, change and grow. Um, 
And I don't know. I'm really digging that. Just like, you know, this meditation on um, like giving up being the hero. Like mm-hmm. it does seem like that is what we like to tell ourselves um, that like you get older and you find out that it's 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 pointless to try to kick against the system um, and you might as well eventually just kind of give up and, you know, uh, retreat into selfishness uh, or, you know, disconnect from society, whatever. And I don't know that is that actually true? Is that something that we're all doomed to? It's kind of like, um, you know, it's also said that uh, we're like re- we're I guess these ge- post boomer generations are questioning things that we've been told, like, oh, hey, yeah. Are you going to, as soon as you marry your woman, are you going to stop having sex and fall out of love? Is that just the way it has to be? Are you even going to get married in the first place? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like there's all these things that we're like reevaluating, like how we feel about our jobs, how we feel about our families, how we feel about our our wives and our careers and all that kind of stuff. And I wonder if this is their take at like, uh, um, you know, how we feel about people that are really invested in, you know, doing good or doing charity work or doing, you know, activists. And do, do you always have to give up? Because it does seem like if you look, there's plenty of examples of people have been doing this their whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not usually rich and super powerful, but uh, they do seem to be enjoying their life and it seems to be rich and rewarding. So maybe you don't have to give up those dreams ever. That's um, tough because the show um, has these characters in a perpetual state of mm. frozen uh, physical growth. So it's yeah. it's something where like solving these types of problems can be very difficult when you know you're you're Morty's age and mm-hmm. and you got a broken family and by the time you're out of the house, you haven't dealt with as many of these issues um, as you mm. probably should have or need to. Whereas in Rick and Morty, they can sort of freeze everybody in that family and say, we're going to work through all of this. And it's going to take 10 years, but it's going to happen. But in the real world, yeah. people don't get through all those things. They go out, they make their own families, and they repeat a lot of those mistakes. And it's it's kind of cyclical in that way. But like, I, I guess, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure out where rick and morty is going to be beneficial for people and i think it's it may just be pointing out like the dysfunction and and saying hey try and work through this stuff yeah and i know like there's one thing that's made a big difference uh it's funny because i feel like one thing that's been a big difference in like my generation my parents generation and then younger generations even more so is the normalization of like getting help with like mental health yeah yeah um and getting counselors and therapists and what i think is I see a lot of is people like, okay, fine. I want to get help. I want to go see somebody. And then they go and they find out it's real, you know, um, it's expensive. Uh, the insurance options are confusing. Maybe the insurance options are not there. Maybe there's not as many providers in your area as you would want. Um, you know, also therapists are kind of like car mechanics or shitty ones. Uh, yeah. And there's ones that are work better on particular models of cars than others. And it's like, you know, just kind of like, I think we're now realizing, um, you know, Gen Xers, millennials and zoomers like, Oh shit. Yeah. We should go out and get help. But man, it's a lot harder than we thought. Yeah. And maybe we need to do something about that in society. Um, but yeah, like I do think that like, you know, like normalizing a family, going to a therapist, um, normalizing families, like, 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 um, in non-heated moments, like talking over issues and like supporting each other and like, hey, you know, instead of withdrawing, like how many times have we had seen Rick and Morty talk, give some version of like, hey, instead of withdrawing into your own head and your universe, why don't you just talk to me? Yeah. Why don't we talk about these feelings? And it's always kind of a jokey kind of way. Mm-hmm. But like, 
you know, it still normalizes that kind of uh, and, and even if you engage in it in like a form of mockery as a family, it probably would help you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. instead of just going there and having a meltdown, if you just started like uh, like ironically mo- uh, quoting Rick and Morty, you will defuse <laughs> the situation and probably have some genuine insights. Yeah, it comes to a better understanding of each other, certainly. Whereas, like, that's different from The Simpsons, right? Like, oh, pantomiming yeah. uh, Homer choking Bart is not going to help any any family situation out. No. You know? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Fuck. It's got it's pretty, pretty deep talk for the <laughs> cartoon about space farts. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, let's do feedback. Uh, yeah, we're going to have... Uh, I imagine... That uh, when season five comes back, uh, if the schedule permits it, that uh, I would love to, to, to give the, the show further coverage because mm-hmm. I continue to enjoy um, talking about it continues to make me laugh. And I do think it's one of those sneaky kind of serious shows that um, is uh, is good to talk about and pe- people really enjoy. So that's our plan. Uh, just see how it goes. Yeah. See how it goes. Keep follow, keep keep subscribed to the feed. Uh, follow us uh, at at Bald Move for for future details. We do have a little bit of feedback that came in on our hotline, Rick and Morty at baldmove.com. First up from avid podcast listener, that's the best hive. Uh, at some point near the end of your review for Chilled Rick of Mort, Jim questions whether all this bro talk has been a recurring gimmick in the episode descriptions or the handiwork of some demented intern at Amazon or perhaps Mr. Royland himself. Uh-huh. As a card-carrying Apple sycophant, uh, you have your card. You have that card too, right, Jim? Like, I, I feel do. like you guys are both in that, mem- that, that, that same club. Uh-huh. I've chosen iTunes as the digital pr- uh, platform through which I purchase Rick and Morty and many of my other favorite shows. Uh, man, I do need to get an affiliate account set up, dude. We, we could have got you a couple bucks there. I can confirm that the iTunes episodes also seem to have been described by the same 21-year-old eager to tell a cool story to his frat bros. It appears to me that these episodes come from the factory with the desired descriptions included by the show's creators. Um, yeah, I think that's... I don't know why, but I think it's the bit. I think it's the bit is all of the episode descriptions are essentially just uh, a college co-ed trying to tell you about the episode in between holding bong hits <laughs> like burble 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 like inhale this. inhale inhale <gasps> Yo, bro bro this one this one is man a lot of jerry in it you, you guys see this and the whole family got involved bro <laughs> you know it's like that's sure. that you're supposed to read them in that accent okay uh, uh imdb not sticking with that trend so i was confused oh, they give they give like honest to God, what is the full, yeah, full synopsis Interesting. I wonder if IMDb like sources it from the viewers or the. I uh, think so. Yeah. Yeah, because there's no way. Like it's obviously what Cartoon Network's providing. Seems like it. Anyway, this avid podcast listener says uh, I enjoy pretty much everything that involved me in the universe and delighted you were able to continue to podcast after mid season hiatus. Keep up the great work. Thanks. We're gonna try. We're going to. We're gonna promise to try. Like season five comes back, we're five shows deep. Oof, it's gonna be pretty rough. Season five comes back and we're 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 open. Then it's looking good. Uh, Arnaud, with this whole COVID thing, I kind of lost track of time. And the next thing I knew, there was new episodes of Rick and Morty out there. I watched Never Rick and Morty and loved it, but instantly was confused by some of the jokes and th- thought, "Oh, I wish they hadn't canceled Pickle Me This. Who's going to explain all these meta jokes?" Then I watched Proto uh, Proto Mortius and the Vat, and I was like, "Oh, might as well give it a shot." Headed back to the Ball Move website and was shocked to find out you guys are back. Yeah, we're back. 
I'm, you found out better better late than, than never. This is uh, the worst place to proclaim we're back, but we're back. Yeah, we're c- certainly back. Tell it. And tell now we're going the, away. The rafters. And, and you just found us. We're back and we're gone. <laughs> yep. We're, we popped in. Uh, we lined up in your dimension very briefly, and now we're torn back to our own. Uh, anyway, it made me so happy to decide to reach out and share the love and give some feedback by the same occasion. I remember that one of your fears for the show on Pickle Me This would it just become a collection of, oh, this was funny or, oh, that was funny type moments. But uh, rest assured, I wouldn't be listening if it was. Your knowledge of pop culture and Harmontown allowed me to get even more references. And it's great to hear someone talk about the characters. Gives me permission to be grossed out by Rick. Uh, hashtag vat of acid. So thank you for that. This podcast is funny and useful. Very high praise, man. I really appreciate it. Um, I don't know. I just really like what Harmon and Royland are doing here. And like, it's been a real delight this year to see how much more Dan Harmon is doing vocally. Like he's doing anywhere between three and six performances every uh, episode. And like in just the same way, you can tell like a Justin Royland voice. Yeah. You know, nine times out of 10, like you can, they're, they're all like takes on Dan Harmon. He's not exactly a man of a thousand voices, but he puts a lot of character into it. Sure. Uh, like that dude just with the banal situation of not being able to remember Beth's Beth Smith's forgettable, you know, name. Yeah. Like John, you know, John Wick. Uh, it's like just just Beth Smith. Like it, it is. It's the blandest name you can think of, and she's a intergalactic hero. Like that performance of him. Like oh god, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's just such a forgettable name, and I <laughs> yeah. I think that's that. This is just really fucking hilarious. It's no and, no Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Harmon's doing more of the vocal side to give Justin a little bit more time to break away to do work on Solar Opposites. Could be, or maybe, maybe he's just. I I know that once he stopped the podcast, he started getting into like doing, um, like songs and like playing around with like vocal mixers and stuff. So like maybe he's just like really geeked out about uh, doing voice work now. Yeah, I don't know. I enjoy it. Yeah, me too. Uh, so yeah, I I have no idea how much longer it's going to be for season five. Like it seems like there's a whole bunch of hiatusing going on here. Um, and a lot of stuff that's, you know, obviously got interrupted by the whole COVID deal. Um, we are reacting to that by going back to season nine of the walking dead Mm -hmm. and doing episode by episode rewatches of that. Uh, you know, we stopped doing the walking dead because it got super stupid, uh, at the end of season eight. And but, you know, all of TV is canceled. So we're we're doing doing The Walking Dead. And I'm having honestly, I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, sure. <laughs> it kind of feels nice to have Walking Dead to kick around anymore. Uh-huh. So if like some 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 highly ironic tongue in cheek uh, discussion of The Walking Dead would interest you. We're doing that over on our Walking Dead feed. Uh, Watching Dead. Yeah, that's and, dropping next week. Yeah, first dropping next week. Really? Shoot, man, I forgot it was. It's literally dropping next week. We also have Bald Move Pulp and Bald Move Prestige, which are our two kind of catch-all feeds. Uh, if something is prestige, like a premium cable drama or an Oscar-winning film, uh, conversations of that type go in the prestige feed. And if it's stuff that involves lasers and robots and ninjas and superheroes um, and farting dick jokes, it goes into uh, Bald Move Pulp, um, which you might be listening to our uh, Rick and Morty uh, pickle me this episodes uh, on that if you've already subscribed to that but I do encourage people to at least subscribe to whichever is their favorite pulp or prestige or maybe both if you like both because that's that's how you stay stay up with everything that bald moves doing and we got a lot of stuff later on this year 
that's up for grabs. Fargo's going to return one of these days. Uh, we're look we're really excited about the um, uh, James Bond movie that's coming out. Uh, Tenet, that movie. Uh, yeah. Excited to see that. Um, there's also just tons of uh, the TV that we're waiting to come back. Like I said, Fargo and others. So. Follow us at Bald Move. Uh, subscribe to our Pulp and Prestige feeds. Uh, keep your ears to the ground for Rick and Morty Season 5. Uh, wherever we see you, we hope to see you back soon. And until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. Pickle Me This is distributed and produced by Bald Move. All music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack, available from Sub Pop Records. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at club.baldmove.com to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, you can follow us on your favorite social media at Bald Move. See you next time.